It's the Magic Time Podcast, brought to you by Herb Foundation Media. It is indeed the Magic Time Podcast, episode 10. We have now hit double digits, and once again, very pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno. Joe, uh, great to have you back on the program. How are you doing, sir? No, I'm doing all right. How are you, Scott? Not too bad at all. Uh, watching all of the snow that has come now begin to slowly wash away. So not a bad thing in late January when you can get a little bit of plus temperatures and some melting. Yeah, I'll, I'll always take the uh, the warmer temperatures, even if it means a little bit of snow. Um, yeah, so now actually it turns out it's not, not too bad in Moncton right now. It was a little nasty this afternoon, but uh seemed to uh, taper it off pretty quickly. Well, I've got a road trip to head up there tomorrow to call the game tomorrow night, so do what you can to make sure the roads are clear, okay? <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right, Coach. Listen, uh, speaking of road trips, you guys, uh, the Moncton Magic, uh, had the road show going up through Ontario, finishing up in Cape Breton. Uh, rather than go through each individual game, because I know we talked last night, but you know, uh, anytime you've got that many games in that short amount of time with that much travel, even coming out with a, a victory period is a good thing. But just maybe quickly uh, your kind of takeaways and uh, your thoughts on how things went on that road trip overall. Well, I think, I think overall, I mean, it, it was, it was a decent road trip for us. You know, I certainly wouldn't say it was, it was a great road trip for us. I mean, realistically we went two and three uh, on that five game swing. Um, I thought Ontario as a whole was, was a pretty positive trip. Um, you know, obviously the, the win in Windsor and the win in, in Kitchener, uh, Waterloo were both solid wins. Um, you know, as we talked before, the, the London game was just such a, a tough game to lose. And then to have to turn right around and play Niagara the next day, I, you know, our, we were going to be, you know, the, the deck was stacked against us a little bit in that game. So, um, you know, the Ontario portion of the trip, I, I think was, was still a positive, even, you know, we, we got a split out there. We were hoping to go three and one, um, you know, but then, then returning and, and then the real quick turnaround only being home for a day before we left for Cape Breton, uh, was tough, you know, I and mean, we really didn't finish that road trip on a strong note. Um, you know, I thought we played one of our, one of our poorer games of the season, uh, in Cape Breton on Saturday. And it's kind of hard to kind of, you know, figure out how much of that was just all the travel kind of coming to a head. Um, I had felt going into that weekend, you know, that we were going to be okay. You know, we, we got home on that, uh, that Thursday, we had a very light practice Friday evening and, and then we took off on Saturday, but, um, I guess I was wrong because I, cause I do think, uh, it took a bit of a toll on us and it certainly affected our play some, uh, on Saturday. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, just a whirlwind through Ontario. Then as you said, back from Ontario, not much of a break. And then you had to head up to Cape Breton. I know that, uh, I think the road conditions might not have been so ideal for that trip up. So that's always, you know, a little bit, uh, taxing on everybody, but once you got back from that game on Cape Breton uh, at the end of the weekend, what's the last couple of days been like? Uh, have the guys been able to get any rest? Uh, what were you, what have you been doing in terms of breaking down film practice, that kind of thing? Yeah, we, we, we had some rest. Um, you know, we had some rest on, on, uh, on Sunday. We got back from Cape Breton on Sunday. Um, you know, Monday, actually, unfortunately, I, I, I came down with a, with a bit of an illness, um, I was not able to attend practice on Monday, which is pretty rare <laughs> that I that I miss a practice. Um, 
so certainly wasn't able to get uh, as much out of Monday as we would have liked, but uh, we had a very good film session and, and practice today, um, you know, and we'll have a walkthrough tomorrow. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the extra day of rest on Monday um, potentially could have helped us even more than, than getting back out on the court and practicing. So uh, time will tell. We'll, we'll have to see how we look tomorrow night. Now, of course, uh, <clears throat> you being the head man, and, and as you said, not not the norm for you to miss a practice, but uh, uh, able to give us maybe an update. Uh, anybody else uh, feeling, you know, not well? I mean, this time of year, it, it's flu season, uh, and sometimes you get those situations where one person gets sick and it runs through the team without giving away too many secrets. Uh, what's the overall health of the team from that standpoint? Um, I would say... We're okay. I mean, we're certainly not at 100%. A um, couple guys, I think the, the effects of, of the, the long road trip has, has kind of shown up. And uh, a couple guys are a little under the weather. And, and we have a couple, you know, dinged up guys injury-wise. Um, you know, nothing that will hold anybody out of the lineup, you know, which is good. But, you know, so we're, we're doing the best we can. I mean, we're at the midway point of the season, you know, and, and teams are banged up. You see it all across the league. You know, guys are, are out with injuries or, or, or whatnot. So, um, it's nothing really out of the norm and, um, you know, it's certainly not anything to, to hang any excuses on, you know, for us. Um, so we'll have, well, you know, we'll have 12 guys suited up uh, tomorrow night. And one of those 12, uh, will be a welcome addition back into the lineup. Uh, the big man, uh, Jeremy Williams, uh, the team announcing yesterday that he's been given medical clearance to come back. Uh, maybe just a word about Jeremy and, uh, just what he's going to be able to inject back into this lineup. Yeah, really excited to have Jeremy back and um, <clears throat> certainly missed him. Certainly missed him. I mean, he really missed, you know, the last four games. He only played two minutes in that, that London game. So, um, as I've mentioned so many times over the course of the season, he, he's such an integral part um, as to what we do. And he gives our lineup so much more flexibility uh, because of his size and, and his athletic ability. Um, he allows us to do a lot of different things, especially defensively. So, um it's great to have him back. You know, he's excited to, to be back. You know, we were very excited that, that all of his, uh, his medical tests and exams went well over the last couple of days. So, um, you know, now it's just going to be, you know, kind of injecting him back in the lineup and, and trying to find that, that rhythm we kind of had before we left uh, for Ontario, which I don't think will take long to do. And, you know, the, the nice side of that, if you're trying to be optimistic is he's pretty well rested, <laughs> you know, he hasn't, he hasn't played for over a week. Um, you know, which is great. He looked good in practice today. So, so we're definitely excited to have Jeremy back. Now you mentioned, you know, uh, just past the halfway point now for the Moncton magic, as are most of the teams in the NBL. And, uh, you know, this typically now starts to get to be the time of year where you're coming down the home stretch. As you mentioned, players are dinged up, all the teams face it. And you start to see a little more activity in terms of the transaction side of things. And I know that you're happy with your roster, but uh, again, I, I know you'll play your cards close to your vest, but uh, maybe for the fans, just kind of an indication coming down the road what you might have up your sleeve in terms of a tweak here and there or a roster move here and there. Sometimes injuries force your hand, but overall, always looking to improve. Uh, what uh, what are kind of some of the things you've been looking at or that have kind of piqued your interest uh, at, to this point in the season? Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when, when you say, you know, you, you're always looking to improve your roster. And, I mean, that's just the nature of the business. And every team in this league is, is always trying to improve, you know, their roster. And we are coming to the point in time now, February is really kind of the month where, 
you, you kind of start seeing, you know, where you potentially could be in the, in the postseason. Um, you know, and not that anything's set in stone I and mean, lots of teams can go on runs, but, um, you know, then, then you can kind of maybe start kind of guesstimating, you know, who your, your first round matchup of, of a postseason series may be. So you may make some roster adjustments kind of based on that. Um, you know, we, we've had such an interesting season in a little bit of up and down play. It's really kind of been difficult to, to pull the trigger on any, any roster moves. Um, you know, I think we've lost seven of our 11 games by four points or less. So, you know, you look at it on one side of the coin and you say, hey, man, you know, a couple bounces of the basketball and a couple shots go in this way or that way. And, you know, we're sitting here at, at 13 and eight or, or 13 and nine. And um, do we really want to mess with our roster at all? Um, you know, on the other side of that, you could say, hey, you know, we, we could be playing better if we made an addition here and a subtraction there. And, and maybe we added this talent to the roster and, and maybe we'd be 13 and nine that way. So it's, it's been kind of difficult for me. I, I do like uh, the guys that we have. I like the roster that we have. Um, I do think that we could still look to improve our front court, you know, slightly. Um, so that's something you're kind of always, you're always on the lookout for. You know, I, I don't have anything, any planned you know, moves right now. Um, I was really kind of interested to, to get through that road trip and and see how we did. And again, I don't think there was any clear cut answer because we played very well at times and then not so well at times. So, um, you know, as it is right now, you know, at least for, for the next couple of games, I, I don't see many changes. And um, But we are always on the lookout, just like every other team in the league. And, you know, you and I have talked about it all season long, and you referenced it, and you hit the nail on the head, speaking of, uh, when we spoke early on, talking about just how much parity there was in this league, how improved all the teams were across the board, and we've seen some of the other teams uh, tweaking rosters, making moves. But when you look at the standings, you know, uh, the majority of the teams have seven, eight, nine, and double-digit losses, so there's, there's no team running away with it. The other thing that maybe has really caught my eye has been there's no rhyme or reason night in, night out. One night, for example, London will absolutely crush a team and then they'll turn around and they'll lose by 25. Uh, you, you see that night in, night out. Uh, from a coaching perspective, obviously you're focused on your own team, but as you look around the league, are you able to make any heads or tails of, of exactly how you would handicap the, the favorites other than yourselves right now in this league? Well, I, I think teams go on streaks, you know, and, and they start to find a rhythm and, and they, they start playing very well. And, and of course, part of that, maybe their schedule or, or, you know, their, their opponent's schedule. Um, you know, I think Halifax right now is, is starting to, to hit their stride and, and play really good basketball. They showed that the other night uh, against London. Um, <clears throat> you know, at the same time, you have teams, you know, Kitchener-Waterloo had lost, I don't know, several in a row, and, and then they beat, you know, the St. John's Edge at home fairly convincingly. And, and then St. John's goes and wins their next three games. So, I mean, it, it, there really is no rhyme or reason. Um I think I think the Riptide have been consistent all year. I think they've been one of the more consistent teams in the league. Uh, they've been very solid all season. I think Halifax is just just hitting their stride. Um, you know, of course, London is 
is London and, and uh, they've been pretty dominant. You know, they certainly, although they have had a lot of very close wins and overtime wins, but um, yeah, it's really difficult to say, you know, you just want to be that team that hits the, and, and normally that's the last couple of weeks leading up to the playoffs and then heading into the postseason. And that's certainly where, where we kind of are, you know, over the next month, we're at home pretty much the whole month of February uh, minus the quick trip to, to Newfoundland. So for us, this really is the month. Our games are pretty well spaced out. We have adequate time for rest and practice uh, and we're playing at home. You know, this is the month that, that we really want to kind of hit our stride and, and we'll work very hard towards uh, doing that. Yeah. There's only one other team in the league that has played more games than the Moncton magic right now. You guys have played 22 so as you mentioned, it may be a little bit of a, a more favorable spacing of games down the stretch for you guys after having kind of paid your dues in the early part of the season, so to speak. Uh, you've got a big game coming up tomorrow night. I mean, they're all big games, certainly in a 40-game regular season. But given just how well the Island Storm have played against you and, and to this point how they have seemed to have the Moncton Magic's number, a real big game tomorrow night, a rivalry game uh, more so than probably any other, just because of the way the games have gone between the two teams this year. When you look at that game tomorrow night, you look at the Island Storm, what are you doing in preparation and what are going to be some keys for you guys to get over that hump and to get a victory tomorrow night against the Island Storm at home? Yeah, it is It is a big game for us. Um, <clears throat> it's a big game just for the fact, you know, we're one and four against this team uh, this season. This is a, a conference opponent um, and someone we have we have struggled with. We've played poorly against this team and, and gotten beat, you know, by double digits. And, and we've lost a couple close games to them by, you know, buzzer beater or, or one point. Um, so I think it's a big game in the fact we have to kind of prove to ourselves that, that we can beat this team. Um, they, they possess you know, they, some, some problems for a lot of teams. They, they play a much different style than, than really any other team in the NBL. It's very, um, it's very, you know, one-on-one orientated, you know, but they have the talent to play that way. Uh, Andre Stringer, you know, Frank Sessions, um, you know, Chris Johnson, these guys, these guys are guys that can break people down off the dribble and, and win a lot of individual matchups. And um, I think the Storm team has bought into to playing that way, and they do it very well. I think they have perimeter shooters that, you know, they're okay with just spacing the floor and, and playing one-on-one and then, and then making that player, uh, you know, make the right read and, and drawing two defenders and then kicking out to an open shooter. So we, we just have to be solid defensively in defending our own. You know, it's something we've talked about the last couple of days. Like you got to guard your own. You have to be responsible and you can't rely on help. Um, because if you overcommit to help defensively, you know, they're going to knock down open shots when they have guys like Tyler Scott and, and Kenny O.C. on the perimeter. So they, they, they're a tough matchup, you know, for, for a lot of teams because they have a lot of very skilled uh, individual players. And, and this is just something we, we have to improve on uh, tomorrow. A big focus, what we've been talking about, is, is just trying to get back and playing with that defensive intensity and that energy that, that we had you know, early on in the season. And uh, that's kind of gotten away from us a little bit. I think it's gotten away from us in part due to the schedule, um, you know, the tough the road trips and the 
three games in four days, it's tough to dig deep and find that energy. But um, it's certainly been a focal point in practice here the last couple of days. And something I'm, I, you know, I, I intend on seeing from our guys tomorrow night is, is really kind of playing with some, some fire and, uh, you know, desire to win, desire to get stops. Now, you can Bill Belichick me on this answer if you like, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway, the question. Um, fans of the NBL, fans of the Magic would certainly know your history in the league and how much time you spent coaching over in PEI. How much do you think that not only yourself, but maybe your players are putting extra pressure on themselves or maybe pressing a little bit extra hard? when they play the storm because they really want to beat them so bad just because of that history, not to stick it to the team, but they want to go out there and get that win for coach against his former team. And again, Belichick me if you want, I'll understand, but there it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near a Bill Belichick status. I don't have the right to just say no comment to any question uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I think, I think early in the season, um, we definitely put more pressure on ourselves to, to beat the storm. I think it was natural um, to have, you know, a little extra there um, from, from both me and, and the players. It was natural to, to kind of want that win a little more than others. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that, that played an effect on us in the game. I think the first game on the island there, we lost a very close one, I think by two or three. And we probably had a little extra pressure on ourselves. You know, we came back and we, we blew them out by 30 um, at home. And then we went over there and we lost a, a one-point buzzer beater. And, and so it, it's hard to say. I think we have a much better focus now. I think we've gotten a lot of that stuff out of the way, all the kind of, you know, personal feelings and, and you know, all, all those type of things I think is, is out of the way now. So, but early on, yeah, I think in the season there definitely was. I mean, I'd be, be lying, and everybody, I think, listening to this would know that I was lying if I said, you know, there was no extra emotion when it came to, to playing those games, especially back on PEI. Um, but I, I think we've we've crossed that bridge. I, I'm just trying to get a win. I, I don't care if it's <laughs> KW or Niagara or, or the island who comes in here. I'm glad to be playing at home again tomorrow night. Um, all of our guys are. We're, we're tired of being on the road. And uh, we just want to get focused to, to to playing good basketball tomorrow night. We certainly didn't on Saturday, so I, I think we're over that, and um, I really don't see that coming up again the rest of the season. And listen, in fairness, uh, I gotta I gotta call him like I see him. Uh, your comments aside, you uh, are one of the longest tenured coaches in this league. Uh, you've got the most wins of any head coach in this league. So if you had a if you had a no commented me or or said on to on to uh, the storm. I, I would have I would have respected it and understood, Coach, but I appreciate the answer nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I, no problem. And again, I know you don't like to look too far ahead. You know, you're you're only as focused as your next op opponent. But another big conference game, first time at home that you're going to be playing a very good Halifax Hurricanes team who just put a pretty good beating on the London Lightning over at the Scotiabank Center. So maybe just a quick look ahead to Halifax and what you expect, and, and again, what you think are going to be a couple of keys for you guys to uh, to get the better of the Hurricanes uh, on Saturday in Moncton. Yeah, I think right now they're probably playing as well as anybody uh, in, in the league. They're probably playing better than anybody right now. So, you know, when you catch any team 
you know, on a, on a streak. I think they're on a four or five game winning streak now, and and uh, they're just playing good basketball. And, and they've had that that group, you know, seven eight guys from last year's team, and I think it just took them a little while to kind of find their stride again and, and start clicking clicking again this season. But they definitely are now, so um, that's certainly going to be a, 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 a tough game. Um, I still think you know our best win of the season was was at Halifax. And it took our best win, you know, of the season to, to get one in overtime down there. So uh, we'll have our hands full. Their front court is just so good with, with C.J. Washington and Billy White and, uh, you know, Ronaldo Dixon and Raheem Brown. They're just they're so tough up front. Um, it's going to be a, a big-time challenge for for our guys in the front court, especially who are – Somebody will be playing undersized against Halifax, you know, guys like Denzel Taylor and Terrell Baines. Um, so it'll be tough. It will, it will be a, a heck of a game, I'm sure. Um, you know, but again, right now we're just trying to get this win tomorrow night and uh, kind of try to get a little confidence, a little swagger back playing at home. And, and we're playing with a little excitement. It's such a grind playing on the road, you know, almost every other day for, for a week. Um I just want to see us kind of get back to to playing with energy and, and, and excited, and um, you know, hopefully we'll have that tomorrow night. Well, I know my broadcast partner David Tingley and I are chomping at the bit. We can't wait to get uh, on the headset again and, and call you guys at home. I know tomorrow night uh, the Moncton Magic putting forward a really nice promotion for uh, high school students. Uh, two bucks a ticket for the students. Uh, really hoping to have a big crowd out tomorrow night uh you know fan support can certainly go a long way especially down the stretch late in games for sure and uh you know how much are you looking forward to seeing i mean maybe it's the obvious question but what would it mean to the team to have a nice crowd a big crowd on hand tomorrow night for a midweek game oh it'd be a huge boost for us i mean we haven't <laughs> we haven't seen many friendly faces for for a while um so like i said i, I think we're going to be pretty excited to be playing at home to begin with and, and i think a nice crowd would only add to that i think it's a it's a great promotion um you know when it comes to, to offering this to, to high school students and you know i mean it's a toonie to come out and catch a game and and you know I've, moncton is it's a it's a pretty good basketball city i think the, the youth programs here do a great job and there's a lot of good high school players around and certainly like to see more of those those spaces in the crowd i think high school players would would enjoy coming to our game and certainly it would be a boost for us it'd be a great lift for us and i know coach uh we'll wrap up with you shortly um but you know you and i have talked several times during the course of the season that it really is a marathon and not a sprint and i know perhaps it's an intangible and hard to put your finger on but using your gut and the coaching savvy that you have how much do you think that some of the adversity that your team has faced in terms of uh, those close games and not being able to to get there at the end and, and losing at the buzzer and and those you know two three four point losses, how much of that has been building character and do you think can really help you guys down the stretch when it's basically it's money time when you get into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think any team that that goes through that and, and let's face it, we're not the only team in the league that has, has lost close games. Um, I, I think it builds character. It, it certainly won't reveal it yet, though. You know, I, I think it, it over the course of a season when you when you struggle through tough losses like that, um, you need to come together as a team 
you know, and, and kind of push each other through those situations. And once you come together, um, all those previous experiences of, of tough losses and whatnot, that that's when I think the character gets, gets revealed. And, but we're still in that process of, 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 you know, coming together and maybe we're a late bloomer, you know, I mean, I feel like we're going to be as tough as anybody, uh, down the stretch here. And yeah, I mean, those tough games, those close losses, it's only going to make you better as a team. You'd love to have the wins, but but you learn from those. Losses always sit with you longer than 10 wins. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So, uh, um, you know, that buzzer beater loss to the Storm, you know, the double overtime loss at London, uh, the one-point loss at home against the Riptide, all those things we've learned from those. And, and those are, are kind of hitting home a lot more than, you know, maybe the one-point win we had at home against Cape Breton. So I think it does build character. I think it's something that, that we'll have to kind of dig into late in the season. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully those, those experiences uh, put us in a better position to win those tight games when they really matter. Well, listen, uh, I've been around sports a long time at all different levels and all different types of sports. And when you just look up and down the lineup and the makeup of this team, you just get that feeling that they've got the metal and the moxie that when – the chips are down and you get into that tough playoff series. And that's the thing about a playoff series. You might beat a team once, but then you got to come right back and beat them again the next day or the day after. So, uh, you know, maybe just a, a quick final word about that veteran leadership and, and what it's brought to the team and, and what you feel it's going to bring heading into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the playoffs for us, <clears throat> and again, we're, we're not there yet. You know, we have to earn a, a playoff spot like everyone else in this division. Um, I'm confident that, that we will be able to do that. But I think, you know, once you get to the postseason, you're right, it is a series. And, and series are completely different animals. And um, it's all about adjustments. And to have players that have gone through those battles, you know, puts you just so much further ahead. Um, I think over the years, I, I think as a coach, I think I've won six six playoff series. Um you know, I think Al Stewart has been there for for every one of those. I think Terry Thomas has been there for a few of those, and, and Terrell Baines, and uh, you know, Jeremy Williams has been to two NBL Finals. Um, you know, so I, I just think we have a lot of guys that have been there before, and I think that's going to pay off dividends in the long run when it comes to those playoff series. They're, they're so tough, and this league just people think it's tough now to get wins when, when it comes to playoff time, it's just a totally different animal. And, and, you know, that's, that's really kind of when the, the, the proof in the pudding shows and it's, it's, um, it makes for exciting basketball. And, and, uh, I like the makeup of our team, you know, when it comes to playoff series and, uh, but we'll see, you know, that's a, that's a ways down the road. And, um, I don't know, you know, we'll have to get through, uh, tomorrow night to, to start with. And uh, I know that uh, we've kind of set the precedent on other podcasts that toward the end of the segment, we usually go off the rails a little bit and talk about something other than basketball, whether it's fashion, football, or other. So uh, I know that you're a sports fan across the board. And of course, being from uh, the United States, south of the border, football is uh, right up there with popularity. Super Bowl, the... Uh, Gosh, the seams are there every year, and I'm a Steelers fan, so that bugs me. But the Patriots, <laughs> the Eagles, who you got and why? Oh, New England. No, I'm from New England, Scott. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm, I'm from Vermont. I'm a New Englander through and through. I lived in Massachusetts for a while. Um, I've been a Patriots fan since uh, Drew Bledsoe was a rookie in, oh. in the league. And <laughs> quick story about that. I, I was actually – I hated Tom Brady. When he when he took over for Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe was my guy. He was my he was my favorite football player. And uh, when I was playing Pop Warner football in Vermont, it was Drew Bledsoe, Vincent Brown or Vincent Brisby and Troy Brown. It was their rookie season with the Patriots, and they came to like our end of the year uh, football banquet. These rookies for the the Patriots and. We got to meet them all, and I got to meet Drew Bledsoe. And from that moment on, you know, I'm, I'm 11 years old or 10 years old. I'm a diehard Pats fan. So when Tom Brady took over for Bledsoe as a starter for the Patriots, I was pretty – I was sour grapes, man. I was, I was pretty bitter about it. And uh didn't take me too long to warm up to Brady, though. So I've been, I've been a Pats fan for a while. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking New England. I think they're, they're giving five and a half. I'll, I'll give the point to Philly – I don't think Nick Foles is going to have a, a repeat performance that he had of uh, of the other night. So I'm taking New England all the way. Well, that's now, gosh, I why am I not surprised? Why am I not shocked? I, I should have even guessed before I asked the question that you were going to pick the picture. <laughs> but you never know. It's it's uh it's the games in Minnesota, so it could be a big NFC crowd. So although the, I, that you know what, who am I kidding? That doesn't matter. It's Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. It's it's. Well, I, let's face it, they're the, they're the best duo ever in, in the NFL, right? Head coach, quarterback, I don't think there's ever been one better. There certainly isn't one that has gone to eight Super Bowls together. So, um, you know, they're playing indoors. I, no, 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 they're playing the new arena, right? The new uh, – Yeah. It's, it's a, Yeah, so it's, it's going to be an outdoor uh, game, I think. Um, either way, I, it doesn't matter. Indoors, outside, uh, I'm taking New England. There's, just, there's no doubt in my mind. I saw a statistic the other day, and when I read it, I, I kind of blew my mind when you put it into perspective that with this Super Bowl appearance, <laughs> Tom Brady will have played in 15% of all the Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you just – that's why he is the, the greatest of all time, right? I mean, you're, you're just there every single year, and, um, you know, let's face it. The New England Patriots didn't get there all that often before Tom Brady uh, and Bill Belichick, you know, became a tandem. So uh, pretty impressive. They're, they're just uh, they're the greatest duo ever. So, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm riding with New England uh, come Super Bowl Sunday. Well, it's funny uh, being a kid growing up in Halifax before the days of 400 Channel Universe. The main channels on our TV were uh, American NBC, ABC uh, CBS and uh, up here, our football that we used to get every Sunday was always a Patriots game. So I remember, I'm talking long before your time, young man, uh, Steve Grogan <laughs> and the sure. Patriots and the old school Patriots that actually had the actual like the the Minuteman Patriot on the helmet. Yeah, yeah, I remember having a hat as a kid <laughs> with with that old logo on it. Um, but my era was really, you know, it was Curtis Martin and, and Drew Bledsoe and, and Vincent Brisby and, you know, all those guys. That's when I when I first started kind of warming up to the, the Patriots. But, 
yeah, like I said, Tom, uh, Tom, he's the best to, to ever do it. And, and uh, I don't think you can bet against him in what I think should be his last Super Bowl, I, I would imagine. Well, it'll be very interesting to watch. And uh, as much as I am a diehard Steelers fan, I'm also a sports fan. And uh, when you watch Tom Brady play, you're witnessing greatness years from now. People will go, hey, you remember watching Tom Brady play? The way that they talk about Joe Namath or Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana. So it's uh, even if you're not a Patriots fan, watch the Super Bowl just to watch Tom Brady play, right? Yeah, absolutely. And make sure you give uh, you give Corey Almond a little grief this week. He is a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, loves the Eagles. Um, you know, make sure you, you give him a little grief this week leading up to the Super Bowl. Stress him out a little bit more about the game. You guys got a little uh, friendly wager going, perhaps? We will. I'm, I'm sure we will. I, I'm sure there'll be a little wager. I'm sure there'll be a lot of a lot of trash talk, and uh, we'll actually be in Newfoundland leading up to that that game uh, that weekend. So it will be it'll be interesting for sure. Well, that'll be uh, a lot of fun. But uh, let's get back to the immediate future, Coach. Big game tomorrow night. Welcome home. We're glad to have you back. We're going to be excited to be at the Coliseum tomorrow night to see you and the Moncton Magic take on the Island Storm, 7 o'clock Atlantic. If you can't be there at the Coliseum to watch it, go to the Moncton Magic website and you can watch the live stream there. So, Coach, uh, great to have you back home. Thanks again for doing this, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. That sounds great. Thanks a lot, Scott. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Always a pleasure, Coach. Take care, sir. That was Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. He and the Magic, as mentioned, at home, Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Atlantic time to take on the Island Storm. It's the Battle of the Bridge. The two fierce rivals will come together tomorrow night. And again, we would encourage you to get out to the Coliseum. A great promotion, $2 a ticket for high school students. And uh, let's get a big crowd out to the Coliseum tomorrow night to cheer on the Moncton Magic. And again, if you can't be there in person, go to the Moncton Magic website and click on the link to watch Dave Tingley and myself bring you the play-by-play and analysis on the live stream broadcast. Until next time, my friends, I'm Scott Squires, and you've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast, proudly brought to you by Firm Foundation Media.